All right, welcome. You've got Dustin Atwood and Miss Sarah Myers. Good morning, and how are you? I'm good. Hey, I'm officially a homeowner now. That is huge news. Yes. That is a long, hard-fought process. I am very tired this morning. <laughs> and it's only beginning, which is wonderful. Yep, so congratulations. Got everything moved, and I'm getting used to the drive. I used to live in the country yep. a long time ago, and um, I got used to my 10-minute drive. Yeah. But let me tell you, it's so peaceful. It's worth it. It ver- It is. Me and my husband, we yeah. sat outside and looked at the stars the other night and heard the crickets. Yeah. And I'm like, I wouldn't trade this I for take the, anything. I, I take that for granted, I guess, because, you know, we've lived in the country forever and it's just part of it. I can hear the coyotes when I come out of the shop into the house and, you know, see the stars. But when you live in the city, that you, you lose all that. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So super congratulations Thank for you, you guys. We are very excited. Heck yeah, you ought to be. Yes. That's a big deal. How long did it take to make this happen? Oh my gosh, uh, probably two years. Yeah. My husband and I, we first started looking for a new house, mm, like right right before the housing market went crazy. Yeah, blew up on and us. Yeah, it... We had looked at a couple of different ones at that point, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just like yeah. blew up. It went crazy, and everybody seemed to be looking for what we were looking yeah. for. So, People very want to get excited. Out of the city. Yes. With that being said, though, so many uh, condo or not condos, I feel like I live in Florida. So many <laughs> apartment buildings are popping up around town. So, this, mm-hmm. this area, you know, we interview quite a few people. I'm interviewing a lot of people moving to this area from very, you know, I've had and hired some folks from California. Um, you know, people are kind of wanting to centralize, I guess, which is a good thing, I think. You know, it's a, a great place to, to live and raise a family and, and just, you know, exist versus some of the craziness you see across the country in other places. Yeah, no kidding. It's a big deal. So what's been going on around the shop? So lots have been going on. It's been hot. Oh, I know. It's been, it's been miserable. Everybody out there, you uh, they're going to know it, the humidity. I think the heat index is over 100 today. Uh, I'm sure it's going to stay that way. So lots of air conditioning work, which is going to dovetail us. We're going to talk about a lot of additives today, and I wanted to get Sarah's kind of take on that. I've heard many times over the years, you know, mechanic in a can, you know, just pour this thing in there and fix it. Um, air conditioning is a huge, huge very expensive um, process if done incorrectly, I guess is the best way I can explain it. So when your AC quits working, Sarah, what what do you think? Now, I know you've kind of been indoctrinated by some of our philosophies <laughs> over the years, which is great. And I so, so love that. And that's why we do this show is hopefully a lot of you out there have uh, maybe been saved from some of the collateral damage. But what do you think, like you get in the car right now and you're headed home or you're headed to a business meeting here and your AC doesn't function? Oh, I'd be very upset. I'd be in panic mode. Now, old me before I uh, listened (laughs) to you, I I probably would get some type of AC in a can because I want something that's quick and cheap and is going to fix the problem right then and there. It says it on the can. Yeah. You know, the kiosk, or not the kiosk, the the display is always super nice. Right there on the end aisle. It is, yep, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would want to do something like that because I wouldn't want to go through the hassle of scheduling an appointment. Maybe it's a couple days to get in. It's hot. It's going to get hotter. 
that's that would be my thought Mm -hmm. but now knowing what those tiny little 12 dollar cans can do to your vehicle i'm like no way i wouldn't even look in that direction well and you know i think you brought up a point maybe last week is how how can they sell this stuff yeah and i really that's a fair and valid point and i don't have an answer on that it's it's absurd that they can sell this stuff and basically what I'm talking about here is they they either call it a stop leak or a sealer. It's very hard to find, like when you're at a big box parts store or, or just a big box store in general, you know, our, our general uh, stores that we go to sell it as well. It'll say stop leak or sealer on there, and it's typically per, uh, predominant on an end cap. There's a very nice display. Um, they make it to where... They put all their money in the marketing and the, you know, uh, appearance of the can. It looks very professional. And some of them even say pro on there, which, you know, everybody associates with, you know, a high level of, uh, you know, professionalism, obviously, is what that's for. That it's a sure thing, basically. And I'm, I'm impressed by how they've done it. What I am very disappointed on is after you do that, regardless of what your initial problem was, you can throw that out the window. You have guaranteed the rest of the air conditioning system must be replaced at that point. And what happens is, and I've seen this from time to time, um, I have had people not tell me that it's in there. They tried to fix it themselves. And I suck that into my AC machine. And all of a sudden, my AC machine's plugged up and it won't work. And I have to spend several thousand dollars getting that fixed every time it happens. And then adversely, if it stays in the car... And there's no way to flush it out, by the way. That stuff is some amazingly stubborn crap is the best word I can come up with for it. And it will plug up the system. The compressor, if it's still working, will run high pressure to the moon on this deal. And a lot of times it blows whatever the next weakest part of that AC system apart. So if you do put it in there, you must throw the entire AC system away, which consists of evaporator, condenser, line sets, mufflers in the lines if there is equipped, uh, the compressor, the expansion valve or orifice tube and receiver dryer and accumulator if equipped. So each one of that list of parts that has been damaged, is they're expensive. And they're time-consuming as well because a portion of this is inside the pasture compartment underneath the dash. Now, anybody that does dash work or has ever seen anybody do dash work, that is a very intricate puzzle that you're removing the interior of that vehicle in order to gain access. And all that, all those words there are basically money words. They're expensive because it's not the run-of-the-mill procedure that you can just have any technician do. And they're time-consuming, and time is money. I don't care what business you're in, whether you're in the grocer business, whether you're in the law field, medical field. I guarantee it, when you look at time, it, it, it will have some kind of relationship to revenue and money. It just has to. That's how it works. So if somebody works on your car for two or three days fixing a problem because stop leak was put in there, just because nobody knew any better not to use the stop leak it doesn't mean that it's going to be any cheaper. And so I've seen people have to sell their cars or trade them in because they didn't want to put out a few thousand dollars fixing that mistake. And more often than not, when I get an AC system problem, 
it is a uh, a pretty minimal problem. And typically we can fix it for maybe a few hundred dollars instead of a few thousand. And if you use the sealer, it is absolutely guaranteed a few thousand bucks. There's no way to flush it. There's no way to do anything about it. It just is bad at that point. We pull it apart and we start over from scratch. And I don't want any of you out there in in a time of need when it's hot. And I get it. I like my air conditioning just as much as the next person that you make that mistake and it costs you dearly. So with that all being said, if you need service, whether we're your service center, you've got somebody else, a lot of times, even if the shop is booked up, um, they can typically slide in an AC service check and evaluation in a reasonable amount of time. So a lot of times that process can be done while we're doing other services on other vehicles. Um, and it's not something that I have to dedicate a lift to. It's not something I have to dedicate you know, my master level technician to. AC work is very critical. We spend a lot of time doing training on it. And I want to make sure that you guys are in the know on this and don't fall into that uh, problem where, you know, it was a couple hundred dollar fix. And now because we bought that $12 can, it's a few thousand dollar fix because I, I don't enjoy that by any means stretch of the word. Um, you know, that's not a repair that I'm just looking to be doing. So with that being said, Miss Sarah, have you got anything else that you want to add to all that? Well, it does make me curious as to what additives are good for mm-hmm. your vehicle. I mean, there's a whole aisle there in is. some stores. Multiple aisles sometimes. So You're exactly right. I feel like there's got to be at least one or two on this product. There are product some awesome ones. Area. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do need it topped off, they make a, what I call a virgin or a pure refrigerant Mm -hmm. that you can put in there. Um, They make some oil or synthetic additives that uh, sometimes they'll put in there with it. That's okay. Uh, Fluorescent dye. I'm okay with that. Not a big deal. Um, It's just the sealers and the stop leaks that really are bad. Something you brought up a few shows back was a disinfectant, I believe, that went in through the air ducting system. Um, I think we all, at this point in life, suffer from some kind of allergen that irritates folks. Um, And if you can keep that area that you're breathing clean, you know, it's blowing, you know, we've all got them pointed at us. I even point the passenger side ones at me. I do too. Just saying. And so the kids get in there, Stacy gets in there, and they're like, what the heck? Like, well, you don't ride with me very much. Normally, it's my service truck. Um, But I want that air as clean as possible. You know, I took, uh, you know, we've got a little one, and I changed the uh, cabin air filter in Stacy's car the other day. It was due for service. It really, really was. And a lot of you out there don't even know you have a cabin air filter. If it gets too plugged up, it restricts flow and blows nasty air at you. So... We talked about a lot. We got a lot more to talk about, but we are going to step into a break. Welcome back. This is A1 Custom Car Care with Dustin Atwood and Sarah Myers. We're talking about some good things, some good additives, I guess, 
Uh, would you say that I'm a little like gloom and doomy sometimes? Well, sometimes. <laughs> I know. I, I know that I do that. I know. Well, I'm glad that we're doing this show because of your gloom and doom. Yeah. I always kind of had that idea that because of the AC in a can was a no-no. A no-no, yes. Well, what else was a no-no? <laughs> so I kind of always steered away from those things. Sure. But it's really uh, reassuring to know that, hey, not everything out there is out to get you. That's right. And so... Uh, you had a brilliant idea that, you know, we needed to talk about some good things and bad things, both do's and don'ts. Um, you know, the AC stop leak, I know I've done, I don't know, probably 20 shows complaining about it over the years. But if you do need to find, and it's in a smaller can, um, and it'll say, you know, pure 134A, typically refrigerant. So if you're going to, I don't recommend that necessarily, but if you're going to, that's what you need to go with. So... Um, definitely a good deal there. If you are adding refrigerant, you're low on oil as well. There's a lubricant that rides through the system. And if it leaks out the refrigerant, the oil leaks out as well. So you need to put maybe an ounce or two of oil in there just so the system doesn't run and self-destruct. Um, so that pretty much covers the AC portion of it. Um, when you walk down that aisle, Sarah, and you see all the the different colored and they do a good job marketing all their products what does that say to you it makes me overwhelmed it's a bunch especially if i'm going in there one not necessarily knowing what i need Mm -hmm. but two there's like 15 different types of it oh yeah it makes me overwhelmed like is this the right one do i just pick the one that's the cheapest do i go with the more expensive one because more expensive probably means quality right you know what i mean so if i don't know what i'm going in there to look for it's definitely overwhelming it really is and and when you say it's an aisle i mean it is yeah hundreds of products And many of them do similar stuff, but maybe they're a little different. And so some of the lower end ones, I will tell you, the way they're able to keep the price down is that there's not a lot of active ingredients in there. It's kind of the watered down version. Um, And what most of those pour in, um, whether we're talking, um, of course, we have coolant additives, power steering additives. You should never, ever see a brake fluid additive. You should only stay with brake fluid. Um, you know, dot three or four will be your main ones. Differential transfer case engine, obviously oil related and transmission. Those are going to be your main reasons you're looking for them. Some of the reasons you may be looking for an additive is, um, back kind of back to the stop leak thing. I don't want to, I don't want to beat that into the ground. Uh, but people will pour additives in if they have oil leaks and it swells the seals up, you know, and tries to get them to reseal. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So if you put too much in there, all the seals get real loosey-goosey, and they don't fit well. Loosey-goosey is a a scientific term, by the way. (laughs) It gets to where it just is a wet noodle, and it doesn't do its job anymore. So in moderation, you know, I'm a, if a little's good, a lot's better kind of person. I don't know if you are you do you read the directions and put exactly the amounts in when you're cooking? One hundred percent. Okay. See, I'm not. So anything I ever make is gonna taste different every time because I'm like, uh, oh, you know, a dash, a pinch, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of times when I find something that works and I've had to learn not to do this over the years, I uh I I do stay to what the recommended is. If one's good, I don't put in three or four. So um, the, the oil leak transmission leak thing, I've never seen any of those work very well. 
normally if you've got a leak, it's something that needs to get in for service. It's lived past its service interval life. When you get parts or even computers, you know, as we sit here and look at all this stuff, when they developed all this stuff, they thought, okay, this has got a three-year shelf life. This is a three. If you get more than that, great. But at some point in time, it has lived past its its engineered lifespan. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So same deal. Some of these additives that you pour in there, or it promises. I had a good friend of mine who had a transmission leak this years ago. He said, "Well, it's got a money back guarantee. It was twenty eight ninety five or whatever." Well, he poured it in there, and of course, he had an issue. I'm not going to say this killed the transmission, but the transmission went out within 30 days. And that wasn't a result of the the conditioner or whatever he put in there. It was a result that he had a problem, and he tried to fix it for thirty eight ninety five or whatever it was. And uh, they gave him his money back, but I mean, that was just a waste. That's a marketing gimmick, in my opinion. If you got an issue and it's acting up, you have waited too long to be preventative to fix these issues. So I told you I wasn't going to be too gloom and doom on this. The bottom line is these additives typically are to extend the life or the usable life past that engineered lifespan um, before it breaks. Most people wait until it breaks and then they're looking for a solution. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, that does make sense. And so I like, I am actually an additive fan, if you will. I'm a fanboy of it. Um, but it's on the front side of that. So, you know, all these additives we talked about already, if you do it on a normal interval and change the fluid, even if you don't use an additive, your life expectancy you will get out of your vehicle will go up tremendously because you didn't have all that uh, accrued damage and then you're trying to fix it. So we were coming home. We took the camper up to St. Louis on Sunday and stayed and came home yesterday. Um, my truck, you want to guess how many miles is on the truck that I tow with? And that camper weighs 8,000 plus probably 2,000 pounds worth of crap that we bring along. Take um, a gander. I'm going to probably say over 200,000. That would be pretty good. Was I close? We have on the truck that I tow with, and that's 200 miles each way, and I would take this truck even farther than that. It just happens to be the trip. When we were coming home, Stacy and Brenly were in the back seat. I, uh, the truck was at 349,700 wow. and change. And I still have confidence in that truck and depend on it, really, to be able to hook our camper on it and drag it, you know, several hundred miles each way. And a lot of that is because. Um, I haven't owned it its whole life, but the previous owner, I I know very well, um, all the fluids in the entire truck from front to back have been changed. Um, so I don't fear. And a lot of times that's why people get rid of their cars is they get afraid that it's going to break down. I don't fear that it's going to leave me stuck because the previous, it's past life, if you will, it's had all those services done and it takes care of them. But I'm super proud to be able to roll in a truck that's 350 plus, you know, that's a big, big deal. That's great. Can you imagine getting 350 out of your car? I mean, I don't think it's going to get that. I would hope, but... That would be awesome. Yeah. And it can be done, but you want to start with a good foundation. How many miles is on your car? Just ballpark it for me. I'm well, not putting you on the spot. I actually know this oh, because oh, oh, I nice. have, I had to get my oil okay. changed. So it is at like 90,187. Well done. I'm impressed. Yep. That's awesome. And, you know, and this goes, you know, even further down the road. 
you know, we talk a lot about being able to drive a car past payoff is a huge, huge deal. So if you get another 100,000 miles out of that car, how much freedom would that give you not to be locked into a car payment or, you know, or that there's still value in it, even if you do trade it off, you still have taken enough good care of it that it is still worth a bunch and you get some of your money back. That would be great. I mean, I paid for my vehicle i bought it certified pre-owned and i think it was like thirteen thousand. so that's a lot of money if you're if you're thinking about it i was a poor college student when i first purchased it so it definitely would be great to be able to set and enjoy that and say i own that i did it i paid it off yeah and now i don't have to rush right back out and buy a whole new one oh yeah it's huge and even you know and i I don't want to you know touch on this point too much but a lot of times what people do is they run the car to the end. They haven't taken care of it. They haven't maintained it. So at the end, there's no value left. You can't, you know, there's a beautiful truck that sits out here most of the time right out front. It's probably a fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 truck. If you take good care of it, even at 200,000 miles or, you know, 100,000, 150, you get some of that $13,000 back or that fifty or $60,000 back to offset the cost of something that maybe fits your life better. You know, maybe at some point in time, you guys need something that'll tow. You need something that'll, you know, have, uh, you know, better uh, occupancy. I know recently we had to uh, do some wheeling and dealing. I need something that will haul seven people and tow a camper. That's a very narrow window of vehicles to look for. And so we did some wheeling and dealing. I had a great truck, nothing wrong with it. I drove it all the time. Um, but it would it would haul four people. So we did some moving around, and I was able to take all that investment. I didn't lose any money and apply it right into the next vehicle. That's the ideal, at least, goal or mindset. You know, a lot of people, you know, run it to the end. They give up on it. They lose faith in it. And then they got to start at ground zero again with a fresh note, full tilt. That's a big, big deal. So how much time do we have left? A few minutes? We actually do need to take a we break. We need to take a break. Well, I'm going to talk about some more kind of philosophical stuff after we come back. All right. Welcome back. You've got Miss Sarah Myers and Dustin Atwood here in the studio. We're talking about additives today. I, uh, I want to get a little philosophical on you. Okay. So we interview and hire folks from time to time, and I had a situation, and I've run into this in the past, where maintenance is a huge part of our philosophy. Um, And it's not just sheerly because we want to sell extra services or this or that. It's because I see it, and I live, eat, and breathe it. I mean, I could give you a rundown of, of high mileage vehicles that we have throughout our company and our families. That, you know, people have been driving for years. Uh, My mom, for prime example, she has a 03 Trailblazer. And last time I saw it, it had like 295,000 miles on it. So I know it works. And that's why we believe in it. We're from Missouri. You show me and I'll believe it, right? Right. So I interviewed or actually Alan um, more accurately interviewed a gentleman. Great guy. Not saying anything bad. But he's like, I just can't uh, stomach having to recommend services um, that are maintenance related. And so we ended up not, you know, going forward. He elected, hey, this isn't for me. And and it definitely wasn't for us because you know how we work. But 
I think a lot of folks think that, you know, that do I really need these services? Should I really maintain your vehicle? Have you ever had those thoughts? I mean, old me mm-hmm. would be like, you know what? I don't really need that right now. Don't try to upsell me something. Ups- yeah, that's exactly it. That but was almost his words. For me now, I would much rather go ahead, spend the 50, 60, yeah. 80 bucks yeah. to go ahead and fix a little tiny minor thing um, versus two grand yeah. for you guys to have to completely take my car apart and mm-hmm. fix that one thing that has broke all over my uh engine that's such a good analogy of that because that's a lot of you know what i know folks think about is that you know oh, you know i don't really need that right now that's that's a perfect way to put it our motivation is is not because you know we want to just upsell that stuff it's that i want to keep you from breaking down yeah i want to keep i want to keep you from having to have that discussion where i come in and say miss sarah We have to put an engine in your car. We have to put a transmission in your car. Or, you know, a lot of times even in smaller repairs where people would think, hey, I just need a brake job. Well, you come in and it's so far gone or you haven't serviced the system ever and the calipers are locked up. Um, And I don't want to be the gloom and doom guy. Man, I just do that all the time. But I want to prevent that. I love coming in and saying, hey, look, you know, you've got 200,000 miles on your car. We've serviced all these systems. They're in great shape. You don't have anything you need to do. And we have a lot of customers that we do that for. So um, when I deal with advisors and and technicians as well, technicians will be guilty of it. um, Them having the right mindset is really what I'm after, or at least being open to it. You know, a lot of times, uh, the longer you're in a field, I think we did a show on this a couple weeks ago, the more set in your ways you get, the less you're able to learn and adapt to new processes. And a big part of A1 Custom Car Care is we want to be on the front side of this. Yes, if you need an engine, transmission, large repair, we got you. We can do it. But if we can prevent that from happening, wouldn't that be a better service to you? Absolutely. And actually, I had some maintenance repair done on my vehicle because, like I said, I had just purchased my new home. That is 30 minutes away from the station. And I want to make sure that everything has been checked so when I'm driving in at 5 a.m., I don't end up on the side of the road. Yeah, and you uh, you keep some interesting hours, which yeah. is a, a you know breaking down any time, but you know four thirty in the morning or five a.m. That's a bad time to be. Broke and the out. worst part is my husband goes to work a little bit earlier, ah. so I would be on my own. Yeah. So I definitely would much rather you guys go over every little thing and say, hey, you're going to need this in the next couple of months. So you're going to need that mm-hmm. and go ahead and pay, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks yeah. here versus being it's, broke down on the side of the road. And, and you know, people think that, you know, the upsell part of it is, you know, folks just wanting to run the ticket up. Well, I guarantee you that 100 bucks, whatever on the maintenance thing or preventative item we're, we're finding um, is pennies in the bucket versus having to replace whatever component we're talking about. Right. Or even like being stuck on the side of the road yeah. and having to have your vehicle towed. And then possibly if you don't have another spare vehicle, yeah. missing work or rely on other people to give you rides. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that. I keep a spare vehicle. And as we, uh, we've got more drivers, we've got one, um, you know, young driver in our household, the second one's getting her license within like a couple of weeks. And then uh, we'll have an additional one the following year. So I'm going to add an additional older vehicle. Doesn't got to be super fancy or nothing. 
you know, but we're going to have an additional uh, kind of loner car. Did you ever see uh, Jim Carrey's The Mask? I have, yeah. The loner. We're going to have an additional loner car. I'm probably way old and nobody gets that reference, but the loner car um, for the kids because I know I'm going to be in that boat and they're going to school, they're going to choir, practice, band, football, etc. You're right. Not having a spare backup rig is a big deal. And that's the point where we're at right now. We don't have one. Mm-hmm. We're working our way to getting one. Sure. Which will be Ryan's old Danger Ranger. Yeah. Once we... Uh, Dude, if you rolled up in the Danger Ranger tomorrow, I'd be so ecstatic. I kind of know how to drive it now. It's a... Uh, awesome. It's, it's manual. a manual. Yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> so... That is a huge feather in your cap to get to the point where you can say, yep, I can drive a manual transmission. Kind of. It's a big deal. It really is... Um, almost, I don't want to say a lost art, but it is getting to the point where it's almost a running joke that it's the, I'm sure I'm not the only one, the millennial, uh, theft deterrent is the joke (laughs) out there. I'm like, whatever. They don't sell too many manuals nowadays. They really don't. Even in the heavy duty market, it's hard to find a manual transmission, something or other. Um, I've always, so I took my driver's education or not driver's ed. Uh, I took my test, my driver's test mm-hmm. in, a, in a manual transmission, and I can remember, and this has been a long time ago now, but the, the instructor coming out and being like, really? You're going to take it in a standard? I'm like, yeah, which I passed, by the way, first try. Ooh, look at yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so it's a lost art, but it is a really good, um, it still has its place, I guess is what I mean. And it's enjoyable. Do you enjoy driving? I do, actually. I think if you enjoy driving, once you got it down and the anxiety of, oh, you know, I may kill it on this hill goes away, driving a manual transmission vehicle is so much fun. Yeah. It's more interactive, you know, and don't get me wrong. I like, especially if you're in traffic, just being able to put it in drive and let it roll and, and, you know, listen to book on tape or radio or whatever. Um, But if you enjoy driving the shifting part of it and being in tune with kind of what's going on is a whole different thing. And sitting from the passenger seat, I'm sure you get a little of it, you know, but it's a cool thing. So very, very nice that you're kind of, you know, kind of getting into that. I don't think I could drive it in town, but boy, I can drive it in the country where I don't have to do a bunch of stops. Yeah. Well, and you get people, you're on a hill, they'll pull right up on your bumper and Mm won't give you any room to, you know, sometimes you roll roll back. back a little bit. It happens. It happens. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's a lost art anymore. Nobody hardly does it. So it is those little rangers are, and I know I've said this in the past, they are almost unkillable. They are incredible. Don't jinx it. I know I should knock on wood. Tuck, 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 tuck. Uh, they, uh, so I, I know I shared this with you at the past. I had a good friend of mine that had one similar year to yours and Ryan's. And uh, we pulled the four cylinder out and we put a V8 in there for a few months. That thing was unbelievable. Had no exhaust on it. You could hear it probably start at Marionville, and you'd hear it in Springfield. I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> um, we burned off every used tire that we could find in Marionville from any of the used tire uh, shops there. And then uh, later we ended up putting a four-cylinder back in it, and he drove it another many years until I think it got rear-ended. So it never did get killed. He drove it with no bed on that truck for a long time because it crunched the bed all up. But uh, that thing was awesome. Really, really was a tough, tough dude. So I got way off topic there, didn't I? I didn't yeah, talk I about. <laughs> we did. The The maintenance part of it is a part of what we are and who we are. And I've even had other shop owners, you know, th- 
that listen to the show be like, really, you talk about maintenance a lot. Well, it's a part of our company, period. It just is who we are. And the reason that that is part of our company is, you know, we don't want to be the, hey, we neglected it so long that you're broke down and you're calling me in a panic. Um, You know, we deal with that some for customers that, you know, don't follow along or, you know, haven't been our customers and just find us when they get in that spot. Um, But we have so many customers that have had their vehicles. Um, I'm servicing probably almost three generations a lot of times now. Um, I've got the grandparents, you know, that were our main customer when I started almost 20 years ago here at A1 Custom. And then they brought their kids in, which is super cool. By the way, if you are a parent that is got a relationship with a shop, whether it's ours or not, just you've got a good relationship, take your kids and meet the shop. You need to introduce them. They need to know that if they have an issue, this is who they call. This is who they're going to get on the phone. Um, this is the normal procedure and really set them on a good path to, you know, being able to manage that themselves. Um, if you want to be a parent, manage it until your kids are 50, that's fine too. Um, but what typically we have happen at our stores is we have the trust of, you know, whoever that matriarch or patriarch is of the family, and then they introduce their second generation. And then when their kids get old enough to drive, you know, very shortly there, we're taking care of those. So, there's a lot of our families that I've seen those cars for 20-ish years now. So definitely makes a difference giving them a little love on the front side instead of waiting until you're broke down and the tow truck's bringing you in. So we got to take one more break. We'll be right back and wrap things up after this. Get lost and get right with my soul. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. We're talking a little bit about additives. I've spent a lot of time on a couple of them, so I guess I should talk about the rest of them. Um Coolant is one that's usually neglected. Have you ever, like, just think, oh, I need a coolant exchange or I need a coolant service? You're going to be proud of me. Really? Yes. Oh, do tell. And, you know, I've learned that because um, whenever I get my oil changed, we do all of the fluids. We check Vital them all. Vital fluids inspection. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so that's how I I know. And I had a coolant problem with my vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a couple a year years ago. Yeah. yeah. And so that became something that I would check every couple of weeks to make sure that the leaking would stop because I had the littlest, tiniest mm-hmm. leak. And we were trying to pinpoint where it was coming from, what was causing all of this. Yep. Uh, we ended up figuring it out, which is great. But at the meantime, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was on top of that yes. and the levels were staying where they needed to be. So, yes, to answer your question. That's wonderful. I had one yesterday, and the reason that I, I specifically bring this up is the coolant got super acidic. I don't know how long it had been in there. It had been in there forever. But it had a a steel or a metal thermostat housing, kind of looked like a goose's neck, if you will. I'm trying to to demonstrate that here in the studio. But And when I pulled it off, um, the coolant hose had burst on it, and we ended up, you know, identifying it had some other issues. But when your coolant gets bad, when I pulled that, that hose off there it had eaten the metal part of that away and there was a big giant hole in that metal housing and so that's what happens i see a lot it'll eat the fins off the water pump or it'll start having you know just leak after leak after leak it's a habitual problem and that's that's something that gets overlooked a lot 
um, as well as there are no-no stop leaks that I don't believe you should put in there. There are some that are okay, a wood pulp-based sealer, or uh, there are some wood pulp little pellets. GM has used those for years just as a preventative leak detection, or a leak prevention, I guess. Um, Cummins, when they develop those blocks and those engines, they put a leak prevention in their coolant right out of when you buy them off the showroom. So there's some good ones. Um, if they've got like metal shavings in them or any kind of glistening, sparkly stuff, stay away from those. Um, don't put more than one in your car. I had a car come in. It was a Ford Expedition, and it was overheating, and I didn't have any flow through the radiator. It was the weirdest thing. I don't, you know, you don't normally see that. And so I went ahead and replaced the radiator, but I cut the tanks off the side of the radiator. And somebody had poured like 19 bottles of stop leak in that cooling system. And I could see it had filled up the whole bottom of that radiator. Yikes. And that's a super weird, weird situation to get into. So definitely don't, if a little's good, a whole lot's not better. Um, one of the most common ones is probably fuel additives in your gas tank. Do you ever put any in your I gas I was going to ask you about that. I see them all the time, mm-hmm. and I think you're supposed to put one in every once in a while, but I don't know anything about them. So they are a good preventative if your car is doing something it didn't normally do. Um, it's not going to fix it most of the time. But with the carboning problems that a lot of engines get now, it's definitely something that you want to do. So I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Um, I would definitely, if they have a nitrogen-based cleaning, which is going to be like your Chevron Tecron, your Redline, Weestock, Valvoline's VPS products, or BG Services, those are all name brand, like you know, high-end, I can have confidence in those. Some of your lower-end cheap ones, the reason they're cheap is they don't put the good stuff in them. Um, So I would definitely do that, as well as where I get my fuel from. Um, If you're dealing with a private label um, gas station that's not an oil company gas station, um, they would be your Casey's, your Come and Go's, your Murphy's. I'm not saying they're bad, um, but they're not going to be your top-tier fuel. That's what we really want to look for. So if it's a Come and Go, or I'm sorry, if it's a Conoco if it's a marathon, there's a Shell out in Republic. Uh, I think there's a Sinclair here in town. Okay. All of those are going to, a lot of times, do you ever see that top tier on the gas pump at all? Yes. You ever notice that? I was going to ask about Sinclair. That's where I, I get my gas at the same gas station. That's awesome. Every single time because it's right there on the way home. Yep. That is a really good thing. Um, I travel a lot, so I'm a little bit all over the board, but I target certain gas stations. Um, I really like the Shell or the Rapid Roberts around here. They've always done me real well. You'll see top tier on their stuff. Um, Definitely a a good, good um, thing to stick with the same gas station if possible and go with that top tier. Um, They have some detergents that you are basically purchasing in the gas that does a good job. Uh, For my diesel folks out there, uh, I don't want to leave you guys out. Anything that will add lubricity to the fuel is a good thing. Um, Everybody loves cetane. Cetane makes a little bit more performance. Uh, But I want to make sure that there is no algae growing in the fuel. Um, The lubrication portion for the injectors and the high-pressure pump are as good as it can be. 
and then I'm going to get good, clean, uh, zero water in my fuel system um, and definitely don't have any contaminants mixed in there as well. So I am a fan as a maintenance-related item, not as a fix in a can. Um, did we cover anything? Transmission probably is the last one. Have yeah. you ever had transmission problems in anything over the years? Um, I think it was my Dodge Stratus. Was that a transmission issue? Well, you had several issues. <laughs> Bless its heart. It, it was a great car, but there was a lot of front end issues by the end of the, mm-hmm. the kind of the life expectancy. Um, so it had some things going on. Transmission, I think, may have been on the list, but we had several things that we were talking about. Um, a lot of folks think that when they get transmission issues that it slips or it flares. You know, as it goes to shift, it doesn't just automatically drop it in the next gear. You see the RPMs and you hear and feel the engine continue to go, but the transmission kind of leaves you, you know, hanging for a little while. Those are always items that folks want to put additives in at that point, and a lot of times it's too late. So keeping your transmission cool or as cool as possible, under 200 degrees is nice. Um, when you get into that 230, 240, um, the clutch or the friction material, it basically comes off or burns off and ends up in the fluid and not on the the uh, the, the friction areas inside the drum. And so that usually kills them. And then people feel like they can just buy some over-the-counter stuff, pour in there, and then it's good. I wish it was that way, and I'm not going to say I haven't tried it. I've tried it many times over the years. Um, typically, it buys me a little bit of time. It's not something long-term that's going to continue to be a good, dependable, faithful vehicle. So the rest of that stuff, you know, a lot of times when it comes down to um, you thinking about the additive, it's too late. So do it, you know, if you're going to be an additive person, um, do it more often before you have the problem. Once you have the problem, you really just kind of got to knuckle down and deal with the problem. So what do you think about all that? You think it's smoke and mirrors? Uh, I mean, I think some of it probably is. Some of it's trying to just get you to purchase their product and they don't care what happens to your vehicle afterwards. But, hey, there are some good things. There are. Then that makes me feel a little bit uh, less weary of that aisle in the store. And definitely do your homework, especially in today's day and age. Now, not everything that's on the Internet is true. I hope everybody knows that. Anybody that's got Facebook hopefully knows that. Um, you know, it's out there. Um, do your homework on it. If you are putting additives in the tank, um, the nitrogen-based additives, we talked about those are good ones. Um, disinfectant for your passenger compartment, definitely a good one. I'm a big fan of that. Cabin air filter, obviously engine oil air filter. Uh, that's something that's a little off topic, but close enough. You know, a lot of times people will balk about putting a expensive filter, whether it's engine air, cabin transmission filter etc um and that's not the place to skimp by no means um that is the like protection you know if you're if you're the leader of the free world you don't skimp on your personal security i would imagine right right that's your protection um from people and bad and harmful things um same deal with filters you know when i go to the store and buy my furnace filter which you're going to get to do a whole bunch now because you're going to be a homeowner Yep. It's a big deal. And and as I see those furnace filters, which reminds me, it's on my to-do list at home that I need to change ours. Uh, but you don't skimp and buy the cheapest one that you can read the newspaper through the filter. And they have those. Mm-hmm. There's many of them out there. There's like 89 cents. 
um, you know, so step up a little bit and filter out the air that you're breathing, the fluids that are going through your car, and you'll get those two, three, four hundred thousand miles out of your vehicles dependably and with confidence. You know, the biggest reason I see people get rid of their vehicles is they lose confidence. It's not because it wasn't fixable. Sometimes it's not because it wasn't financially responsible to fix the car. You know, I have people all the time that'll buy a car for, you know, a thousand bucks. The repairs against the car are more than the thousand bucks. They're like, ah, I didn't even pay that for the car. Well, just because you didn't pay that for the car, it doesn't mean that the, the care that this car needs or should have is, you know, going to affect how much you paid for the car. That's really where you get your return back is that you get to drive that car for a long, long time. So did we cover everything? I think so. Miss Sarah, this was a wonderful idea. I appreciate you well, bringing this you. up. Well, thank you. It this was, was very brilliant. educational and hopefully that helped someone yeah. who's probably like, well, I don't know what to buy and what's good and what's not. I think that the list really helped narrow down the good and the bad. Excellent. And of course, if you guys ever have any questions or comments, doesn't matter how big or small, you can always shoot us a text message 417-447-5743, or you can send us a message on the KSGF Facebook page. Dustin, I hope you have a fantastic yes, weekend. Well. Stay cool out there. Yes, it's, whew, everybody. Hot. We'll see you next week. Bye.